Welcome to another edition of the Forum 2000 Online Chats. My name is Sasha Hanek, and I will be moderating today's conversation. As the world dives into a new chapters in terms of security, one of the world's largest democracy, India, is becoming increasingly important in the international sphere discussions and has long been a very important actor due to its surroundings. To discuss this, today we will have uh, a very important speaker, Dr. Jagannath Panda. Dr. Panda is the head of the Stockholm Center of South Asian and Indo-Pacific Affairs at the Institute for Security and Development Policy in Sweden. Uh, Dr. Panda, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Sasha. It's my pleasure to talk to you. Dr. Panda, since May 2020, Several news regarding the skirmishes between India and China have been uh, had made it to the international news headlines several times. Considering that these two giants uh, gather a two-digit share of the world population, we're talking about thousands of millions of people, what can you tell us about the relation between China and India and what are the repercussions of the skirmishes that have been going on during these last years? I think we have to understand the dynamics of China-India relations from both dom domestic and foreign policy point of view of, of both the countries. If we try to understand from the Chinese side, there is a lot happening domestically under the presidency of Xi Jinping. Under Xi Jinping's presidency, the Chinese foreign policy has become quite assertive and uh, India has definitely emerged as a greater competitor in Xi Jinping's foreign policy assessment. So therefore, the Chinese foreign policy towards India has become quite antagonistic. And this is what we are watching on the boundary dispute to the geopolitical issues. And uh, particularly if we take into assessment last uh, four to five years uh, Chinese foreign policy approach towards India, uh, but there is a consensus among the Chinese policymakers and Chinese uh, 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 you know, uh, strategic thinkers and political leaders that India is emerging as a stronger powers uh, um, than earlier. And this is not definitely a good news for, for China. And therefore, uh, the Chinese foreign policy is seeing India in a much more competitive and in rival terms. And therefore, today we see a much more stronger China creating problems on the boundary dispute. Uh, of course, uh, with each of this uh, dispute and conflict with India on the boundary dispute, we are witnessing new Chinese claim. Uh, and that is what uh, a worrisome factor, and that is a troublesome factor as far as China-India relation is concerned. From India's point of view, if we try to understand, and I think there is a lot of changes is taking place in India's domestic politics, as well as in foreign policy terms. Uh, domestically, there is a consensus within India has emerged that, uh, you know, uh, India needs to carry out a lot of infrastructure, connectivity developments, and India needs to have a much more united front in order to face the adversaries. And this is what the current government in Delhi is actually trying to create a national consensus in favor of India. And uh, that is aptly reflected not only within India's developmental you know, point of view domestically, but also in terms of foreign policy approach. And in that context, China is emerging as a stronger competitor and a stronger rival for Indian foreign policy. And uh, this is what also we are seeing that India is responding quite strongly to China on the boundary issues, be it uh, the Doklam incident in 2017 or the Golwan incident in 2019 and 20. We saw that India responding hard and not really succumbing to any Chinese pressure. 
So China India relations has is going to enter into a very delicate and dynamic phase, and I think it is going to be continuously being tamed and tested from time to time, and we should be mindful about that. Mm-hmm. In that context, obviously, India has a relevant uh, geopolitical position. I wanted to take you to how it matches with other powers in the region, because after the the Indonesian tsunami of 2004, uh, Japan, the US, Australia, and the India uh, joined uh, in a security agreement called the Quad. Uh, that didn't last long at the beginning, but that since the situation in the Asia-Pacific has become more tense, as you already mentioned, uh, has been reborn along with the rise of other partnerships, such as the Australian, UK, US, or the Five Eyes uh, cooperation agreements, uh, which have become more relevant for each country's administrations at the end. Uh, What is the role of India in this broader Asia-Pacific sphere? And do you think these partnerships are only about countering China or is there other agenda related to them? I think Indian foreign policy is continuously evolving and transitioning uh, from issue to issue, from, uh, from, from region to regions, trying to take each of these regions to its foreign policy course much more seriously than earlier. And it is linked with India's economic competence, India's changing diplomacy, and India's uh, changing pattern of thinking in international relations. And uh, this is what we are watching in India's foreign policy. But I think over the last five to six years, what we are watching is that Indo-Pacific as a concept is gaining ground, uh, not only in across the world, but also particularly in Indian foreign policy. And uh, Prime Minister Modi, um, the, the Indian government has actually promoted the concept Indo-Pacific in a much more, uh, you know, um, much more um, universal and much more um, consultative manner. Um, and to that effect, I think uh, uh, there is a lot of focus on the maritime issues. There is a lot of focus on the uh, Indian Ocean, um, Pacific Ocean, and also there is a lot of focus on the partnerships. So therefore, today what we are talking about Quad formulation or the Quad Plus formulations or the AUKUS formulations, or let's say five eyes formulations, uh, these are the necessary minilateral groupings which are gaining grounds in Indian foreign policy. Of course, India is not a part of each one of these multilateral forum, you know, um, minilateral forums. But I think when it comes to critical variables, critical minilateral forums in Indo-Pacific, be it Quad, be it Quad Plus, um, um, I think India is a critical partner. And um, uh, this is what is being reflected in its foreign policy. Uh, but among all of this, uh, you know, uh, dynamism that is there in Indian foreign policy, we have to understand that this is th- uh, the core behind India's approach towards Indo-Pacific is to stay engaged, to make realize that India is a critical actor in the Indo-Pacific. And this is based with India's national interest. If we see India's national interest, it wants to engage with the regions geoeconomically. It also wants to stay engaged with the Indo-Pacific regions geo, in, in terms of geopolitical terms. So I think uh, when it comes to geostrategic, geopolitics and geoeconomics, India is gaining a ground as a central actor. And this is what we are also noticing in Indian foreign policy. But also, I think very briefly, I'll mention one point by saying that um, there is a, a slight evolution is taking place in Indian foreign policy, or one might call it a slight shift in focus 
um, that was a non-aligned foreign policy, um, you know, chartered Indian foreign policy a decade back. It 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 has transitioned systematically and you know uh, gradually to a more non-aligned, uh, more uh, autonomous way of thinking, what we called as a strategic autonomy. And then today it is um, being moved into a directions where we are having more uh, pointed alignment uh, kind of engagement. What we or what I have been calling is a kind of point and alignment strategy. So India's linkages and relationship with Quad, India's relationship with the Quad Plus, India's uh, partnership with the Indo-Pacific, uh, you know, like-minded countries, it is a part of this pointed alignment strategy where the focus is to gain grounds on the um, on the on the defense and security fronts, and also to stay engaged economically um, and 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 politically. And this is what is being noticed in Indian foreign policy. And behind all of these things, China is definitely an influencing factor, and China is definitely encouraging India to uh, move towards more uh, uh, towards uh, aligning with the West and aligning with the uh, with the rules based order that the whole world is today talking about. So definitely. Uh, China is a critical factor in India's foreign policy evolution. Mm -hmm. And just briefly, how do you balance the effectiveness of the Quad 2.0 or the new Quad agreement? Uh, do you see it working or it has just been uh, some discussion about it without real uh, actions being taken up on it? I think uh, Quad has systematically evolved as a credible forum. Uh, if we talk about Quad 1.0, which actually vanished, but then the Quad 2.0 from 2017 onwards, the ministerial meeting has actually given it a direction. And today we have the leadership meeting. Today we have the you know continuous official meetings happening among the Quad countries. And that itself talks about the systematization within the Quad process and, and how the Quad process is evolving as a mature forum. But while saying that, I think Quad 2.0 or the Quad in its current form is still a very uh, non-security oriented forum. Even though we are continuously discussing about security issues uh, and critical uh, uh, defense oriented issues which are uh, uh, critical and which are key to the future of the Indo-Pacific, but Quad is not a binding forum. It, there is no agreement per se. It is more of a consultative forum, uh, which is uh, talking about soft security issues. So I think uh, Quad is going to evolve further. There is a systematic uh, evolution is happening in Quad. And this is um, in India's interest as much as uh, with the other partners, uh, countries in the Quad be it uh, the US, be it uh, uh, Japan or Australia. And I think Quad is in the interest of uh, all the four countries, including the like-minded countries in the Indo-Pacific. But again, I think Quad is uh, yet to evolve as a very credible uh, formal organization or a formal forum because there is no formal agreement as of, as of yet. Um, there is no legal binding uh, attached to the Quad forum. Uh, this is still a very consultative forum. But I think what is also positive about the Quad is that there is a Quad Plus forum happening. And that is about the like-minded countries in the in Indo-Pacific regions, uh, those countries who have uh, uh, who have got interest 
to be associated with the Quad countries, they are welcome to participate. And it is an open forum. And we are seeing South Korea today participating. We are seeing Israel participating. We are seeing Vietnam participating. And that would encourage many countries to think that, you know, Indo-Pacific is here to stay. And probably the time has come. We need to talk about democracy. We need to talk about rules-based order. And I think we need to talk about Indo-Pacific, which is actually critical for the future of humankind. I want to take you to another topic because you mentioned democracy, you mentioned uh, conversations, and I, I think none of us can avoid the question about what's happening now in Ukraine and the Indian position over it, uh, especially because the lack of condemnation against Russia has uh, been criticized internationally, especially in a scenario where some countries that have historically been neutral have avoided upon all costs to uh, criticize uh, Russia and have done it right now, haven't they? Uh, how do you framework uh, India's response to what's happening in, the, uh, in Ukraine and what do you think India should do in this next phase? Uh, I think uh, the uh, the war uh, that Rosa has launched again uh, against Ukraine has to be condemned, has to be criticized. And here, I think my compliments to the Forum 2000 for standing for the Ukrainian cause and uh, you know trying to um, um, be with the humanitarian um, uh, cause that is there or humanitarian crisis that has arrived to address. And I think my compliments to the Forum 2000 for standing about it. But about my personal take, I think, here is that uh, if we try to understand India's position, uh, India's position has to be understood uh, in terms of its own, um, in, in terms of India's own foreign policy standing. Uh, and I think that should not be forgotten. Uh, uh, that should not be forgotten. And I think if we see India's stance on the Ukraine crisis, um, there has been criticism from India. India has condemned Russians attack on Ukraine. So there is no doubt about that. But I think uh, the difference here lies is that the waste and the whole of the European communities expects India to, to do more, to stand more um, eloquently to oppose the Russian attack, given that India has a very good historical past relationship with Russia. And therefore, there is a huge expectation from India as a democratic country uh, to stand for the Ukrainian cause. And I think there, definitely, India has definitely fallen short. India's stance explains that, primarily because... Um, again, it's the foreign policy decision making that looks at the national interest of each, each of the countries. And uh, therefore, Indian foreign policy makers probably have seen India's national interest, uh, in uh, taken India's national interest into account. And therefore, they have not really been that severe on Russia, particularly at the UN, and decided to abstain from the voting. And I think uh, uh, which has actually gone against India in terms of public opinion internationally. And therefore, India has, um, India has been criticized uh, uh, quite, quite massively. But I think here also what we have to keep it in mind, that having a good relationship with Russia is in India's national security interest. Um, India, uh, you know, Rossa is not only a uh, closer defense partner, Rossa is also a critical multilateral partner for India to balance out Chinese outrage. Um, India is associated very strongly with Rossa in the multilateral forums like BRICS, Brazil, Rossa, India, China, and South Africa Forum, uh, which is about the emerging economies. So there, India actually ties with Rossa to balance out Chinese uh, influence in AIB, both India and Rossa are the two biggest uh, you know, voting shareholders after China. So that also allows 
to stay you know engaged with uh, rosa and um, check the chinese influence so it makes sense for india not to spoil the relationship with uh, with rosa and uh, not to really um, you know um, go against the rosan interest while condemning the rosan action plan in ukraine and particularly the military attack and india has uh, done that uh, to to my impression Thank you, Doctor. It has been a pleasure to listen to you, your point of view today. Thank you very much, Sacha, for this um, uh, conversation. I really enjoyed it, and my compliments to the Forum 2000 again for promoting the cause of uh, democracy, transparency, and uh, rule of law in international politics. Thank you very much. Thank you. I will also join uh, you and thank Forum 2000 for making this conversation possible and to all of you who are watching this online. We hope to see you again soon.